Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back, Latino Free Minds, episode number 60. Damn, we're up there. Eh? <laughs> episode number 60, back at it again. Um, we're kind of waiting for a guest. Not sure if she's going to show up. I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's a miscommunication or something, but we'll see. But either way, we um, getting started here. Uh, how you doing, man? Doing good. Doing good. Midway. Oh. Is it midway through the week already? Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Jeez. When you lose track of the days, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but can you believe it. February is close to being over and done with. Yeah, a week from now, right? Well, a week and a day. We get 29 days this time around. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But into March, next thing you know, boom, right into summer. Mm -hmm. uh, we went to went to Mass on, not this, this Sunday, but the Sunday before. Mm -hmm. And the one priest that was there, the one that I like, um, his name's Father Chica. And his birthday is the same day as mine, right? Yeah. Uh, it's in June. So, you know, so we're saying hi to him. Uh, and then he was like, oh, you know, in four months, we'll get together, you know, and we'll eat or something, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, right away, I was like, yeah, yeah, sounds good, right? But then after, I was like, damn, four months. <laughs> like, oh, damn, like, that's that's true. June's in four months. Uh yeah. That kind of threw me off a little bit, uh, the, the timing and all that. Yeah, it's, I don't know. We always say this all the time, but it sounds like a broken record. But, you know, as you get older, the time feels like it goes by faster. But, geez, man, 2024 is going by fast and a lot of crazy stuff is happening. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, let's see. Because we've been talking to just candidates. So we haven't really talked uh, about much that's like like happened happened huh, in, a, in a while actually. Yeah. Uh, but it's all like rapid fire stuff. It's like a lot of stuff is happening really really quick, mm -hmm. and it you, you know what's crazy is that if this stuff would have happened like years ago, it every single thing would be like a really big deal. But we got used to everything just being a, a big deal that it, it yeah. kind of like desensitizes like mm -hmm. the stuff you know that's coming out it's kind of crazy true. you know what i mean 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Maybe because like how how instant it is, or social like social media, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could be on one story and then this other thing breaks, you know, an hour later, and it's like, oh, you forgot about the story you were just reading, and it's just it's constantly moving, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff that does, you know that gets forgotten, right? Because it moves so fast. Yeah. But you know, it also, uh, Villanueva was actually making a point that it's like um, media crying wolf too many times. And yeah. like, you know, like the shooting in uh, Kansas City and the parade and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, you know how they always try to build up a, a big story and stuff like that. And yeah. I don't know if you know this, but they, were, they weren't releasing the names or the identities of the shooters because they said that they were minors. Yeah. But it turns out today that, you know, that one was 18 and the other one, I think was 21 or 20 or something like that. So they weren't minors. They were actually adults. And it Mm. turns out that they were African-American, you know, and it doesn't quite fit that narrative, Mm -hmm. but you know, the media had already gone out there and, you know, was doing their anti-gun agenda. Yeah. uh, routine and that kind of goes back to you know crying wolf too many times is that time reveals that it's not the way that you know they're reporting it yeah i mean yeah like the very next day wasn't uh what's her name the press secretary she was out there talking about we need to have harder legislation for guns and all this stuff um but you're right man once the once the facts come out and it doesn't go with the narrative, then you know, you don't especially, you don't hear about it. Huh? Especially when the guns were stolen. Oh, that that too. So, that yeah. too. On this on this one, they it, it missed the mark a hundred percent because they weren't purchased legally. They were stolen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Criminals are gonna actually do that. You make guns illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and they're going to find them. They're going to purchase them in the black market because that's what criminals do. Yeah, they're not going to stop. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They want to get after the law-abiding citizens. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like crying wolf, not just with this story, but with with all the stories that they throw out there. Yeah, and then um, what, what else happened? There was that, that verdict for, for Trump. Where he had what do you what do you get fine like three hundred million three hundred forty eight million or something uh, let's and let's just say over three hundred million I'll look it up and I think it was like he can't do business in New York for three years or something like that yeah I brought it up uh, yesterday a little bit with Nick um, and a lot of uh, business owners or you know. Uh, Yeah, business owners, people that do business in New York are Mm -hmm. expressing that they're afraid, uh, you know, to to show their support for candidates because let's just say the way that it is conservative candidates, because they feel like they're going to be targeted if they do. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. they're going, look, you guys are doing this to Trump and then if we show support for trump or conservatives this is what you guys are going to do to us yeah let's see 
I found this story here. Kind of what you're talking about right now. Yeah, there you go. So she asked. I think she admits that they were. Don't worry, we were just going after Trump. Oh yeah, nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing that these these people don't like take into account, like the the, the precedent that they're setting, right? Mm-hmm. Or you know, people always say when the pendulum swings back, but it's like you can use the same the same logic or reach the same conclusion with just about anybody you don't like right mm-hmm. and kind well, of read that read that last uh, part right there it says uh hokel said law abiding and rule following new yorkers who are business people oops uh yeah. business people have nothing to worry about because they're different they're very different than donald trump and his behavior so what what behavior is she referring to it goes back to what Nick was saying yesterday is that it it has to be uh, black and white. You know, you're breaking mm-hmm. the law or you're not breaking the law, period. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a behavior. What is the behavior? Is that behavior breaking the law or not? That's And that's the thing, too. It's like, I don't know if you saw the, I'll try to look it up. The, the guy from uh, from Shark Tank. Mr. Wonderful? Yeah, I think that guy. I think that's the name. Um, He's been saying some things that are surprising because I thought he was straight up uh, going with the the narrative, with the agenda. He was on CNN, and he was basically saying, like, this is is dumb. Let me see. Uh, there was like a one minute one to not because it's a four minute clip, but eh, I'll just play it. So, yeah, he was on CNN and they were asking him, or he was talking about the verdict and how kind of dumb it is. Here, let me I'll bring it up right now. Wouldn't there be many companies who would not want to do business, own money to people like yourself or investors, if they know that they can get away with fraud and force to protect them? Excuse me, what fraud? I don't, this is not about Trump anymore. When you get a developer, when you get a developer that builds a building and he says it's worth $400 million and he wants to borrow 200 million from a bank, which happens every day, everywhere on earth, including every American city. Every developer is an entrepreneur. They shine the light on their building and they say it's worth 400. The bank does its own due diligence, as was done in this case, because they're very good at it. The banks are very good and they say, no, it's worth 300. We're only going to loan you 150 million. That haggling has gone on for decades. That's how it works. And then in this case, even the bank that was supposedly defrauded testified. And said, we didn't lose anything. We want to do business with this guy again. We'd like to. But the judge said, no, 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 no. Let's penalize this developer for $355 million. And if we're going to do that, let's penalize 
all the developers all across America. They've all done the same thing. All of them should go to jail and we should stop building buildings. That's what the message is from New York. Even the governor herself is concerned about what this looks like to investors all around the world. It's not just U.S. domestic. All well, around the world, people are talking about what happened here. You really think people want to invest money in New York after this? How about we go well, somewhere I, I else? Think, how, I think there are to, people who would, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I want to converse well, with you, you instead. you just did. I, well, because I want <laughs> to have a conversation, you know Kevin, as opposed you, to just you know, having you tell you me. I respect you because you're a lawyer. You're a lawyer. You understand well, exactly what I'm talking about. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm respectable for a number of reasons, Kevin O'Leary, but being a, law, a lawyer is one of those issues. But I'll tell you, when I, when I hear your conversation, and I do want to converse with you about this point, I understand that there are legitimate concerns that were raised during the trial and will continue to be raised about who the quote unquote, what, who is actually bringing the suit. It wasn't the banks who were saying that we as consumers are unsophisticated feel this way. But Letitia James, the attorney general, and I know you want to expand beyond Trump, has suggested, well, it's about making the playing field level for those who are not the major and billionaire investors, but for those who are supposed to put business records out there, want to get a loan, the idea of making sure that they have to have the same true statements included as those who have a lot more money. Is there any weight to that for you? Well, I ask you who lost money. And I'll make it even clearer. You and I, we're developing a data center together. And I say to you, we can go to New York where this just happened. It's your money now. You're a now investor and you're taking risk. You're an entrepreneur with me, right beside me. We're together on the deal. Or I can show you Oklahoma, North Dakota, West Virginia, where the governors actually ran businesses. Let's go there where this never happened before. They have power, they have permits. They've got legislation that's supportive of entrepreneurship. Why would we go to New York? Why take the risk? My only point is, did we just diminish the great state of New York and the great people of New York? And shouldn't they ask for better management so they don't become a flyover state? Remember, New York has the highest taxes in the country, the worst regulatory environment, and it's incredibly mismanaged. And I'm pointing out now on top of that, you get this insanity. A, a victimless crime, and forget about Trump, it's not about Trump. I don't mm -hmm. care about Trump in this. I care about America, and I care about entrepreneurship, and I care about democracy, and the fairness. The judicial system is now being criticized. People are asking themselves, the bar of New York, is this judge rational to charge $355 million in a case where no one lost any money? Is that good for the people of New York? Should the people of New York wake up to this and say, what's happening to us? Why is this becoming so perverse? Why are we the focus of this injustice? And I have nothing to do with Trump. I'm not supporting Trump. I'm supporting American entrepreneurship. And New York is slowly becoming the number one loser state in America. I'm sorry. That's what's happening. I mean, bam. <laughs> He's not lying, right? <laughs> 100% right. Oh, man. I mean, I, the way he said it, it, that's the thing, right? He's looking at it at, at a, obviously as a business owner, like an entrepreneur, I mean. You know what? Uh, it doesn't even go to that level, dude. It just goes yeah. to common sense. Yeah, I, I was going to say that be, too. You don't even have to be a business owner. Like at that level, 
you know, being a business owner, you know, takes a, a lot of different experience, knowledge and skills and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But but what he just talked about is like like a beginner, <laughs> beginner level common sense knowledge type of stuff. Yeah, man, these it, it's bigger than Trump. This decision, I know, I know that judge because you know I'm pretty. It's it was pretty obvious he didn't like Trump, right? The attorney general in New York doesn't like Trump, so. But this this decision is bigger than Trump because you're going after him, but now you're putting everybody else. You're you're the whole just just like you said, the whole state is like now like, why would you want to start a business there? If if no one lost money, which is, you know, what you would imagine happened, then what's what's the crime? What's the there there is nothing. There's no victims. There's no there's no crime. It's they want to level, you know, to use her words, they want to level the playing field. What the hell does that mean? Is that a law that's broken? It's just you we don't know, like you, you're successful. We're we're gonna stop you. I mean but you know, we were talking yesterday and we we, we touched on this a little bit is that, you know, what they ultimately want to do is, is get a, get rid of our rights And the constitution is what protects our rights. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, and in, in that conversation from yesterday, it's like, well, they haven't even gotten rid of the constitution yet, you know, because I, I really do think that that's their goal. These yeah. progressive Marxist, you know, politicians that are out there, they're not even, they're not even Democrats anymore. We shouldn't even call them that. Uh, they, they're pretending to be Democrats. Um, but that's what their goal is. That's what, you know, they don't want us to have the, uh, those rights, but you know, the constitution is not even gone yet, but they're taking those rights away already. Mm-hmm. And this is part of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is part of the, and it kind of kind of ties into like the other stuff we were talking yesterday, where it's like where people then don't want to do anything because then they don't want to suffer consequences. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it should have the opposite effect because if we allow what just happened, right mm-hmm. in New York, um, it's it's only going to get worse. So people just need to go. It might be a red pill situation for New York. It's like all the people that were you know, on the fence and didn't want to show support, you know, for conservatives or, you know, common sense candidates, Yeah, you know, are going to go, hey, you know what, if we don't do anything right now, you, um, it's going to get worse and we're done, you know, and we're next, as a matter of fact. And, you know, this guy, what's Mr. Wonderful's uh, real name? Kevin O'Leary. That. Kevin O'Leary. Okay. So he's, he said some things in the past that were pretty much, you know, left leaning. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of surprising me that, you know, he's speaking up in a public format like that. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, think about it. He, he's a, he's a real businessman entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. So he goes, wait, you know, I was supporting, 
you know, they're saying I was criticizing the right or whatever. But if I don't say anything right now, I'm done. My kids are done. My kids, mm -hmm. kids, basically the future is going to be unrecognizable. It's not going to be American. It's going to be a dictatorship. It's going to be fucked. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the word that I'm looking yeah. for. And, it, and it's it's good for him to to speak up because as a businessman, you know, like he said, it's like we we do this all the time. This is nothing new. Where where you're you give a value right to what you're trying to to create, and sometimes you got to estimate that value. But at the end of the day nobody loses and then it's up to the bank the bank decides okay i'm gonna give you this much you know the bank doesn't well, have to give the entire amount i can't go and tell them hey my property is worth a million dollars and ask for that and or force them to they're gonna send an appraiser yeah and they're gonna appraise it so they're the ones that may you know they they get the appraisal, they calculate the risk, and they put the terms out there. Yeah. You agree to it, sign on the dotted line, and let's go. You don't, you know, you go look for someone else or another bank or whatever the case may be. But that's why it's it's so stupid, man. It, you know, if you purchased a home, you purchased a vehicle, you purchased whatever the case may be, um, you know that this case is, or this verdict is absolutely garbage. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And I mean, at, at least someone like him is calling it out, yeah. you know? And, and that's the thing too. I think um, we were talking today and, and it, it's like a lot more people are kind of like speaking out about things. Mm -hmm. Kind of like stuff like that, right? Where it's like it makes no sense, and they can see the either it's either calling out the double standard, or if it's not so much calling out the double standard, it's calling out like the effect that it will have just because you know you're doing this now, but in the future it's gonna mess up X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Cause they don't that's the thing. It's like opening up a Pandora's box. It's like yeah. if we do this, it's gonna this is what all this, going, stuff. this is going to be the effect of it type of thing and that's the thing it seems like with with a lot of these pol like you know policies rulings you know wh whatever it is it's like they don't think about the the future effects right we're talking about the you know doing the 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 kid uh the child oh my god what's that word uh affirming care right it's not it's 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 not based on you know thinking about okay what 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 potentially could happen in the future right yeah With this child and and how is it going to affect them in the future a lot of this stuff that that's implemented is just based on the the moment like what's happening what, what do we feel right now and you know who cares how this affects the future or what the outcome can be it's just whatever this moment is that that's it Let, let's go off of that yeah so. hey can you look up um 
what's uh what's his name michael rapaport <laughs> so he he's one of those unhinged you know leftists you know when they start ranting and and talking smack yeah <laughs> he's actually gotten red pilled i don't know if you saw the latest i think he yeah he was on um was it on patrick uh what's his name Patrick Bit David Bit uh, I forget his name on that guy's podcast and uh he was uh, talking about getting red pilled. <laughs> I'm gonna try to find it. Well, you know, that's another point. So if you know who he is, um you know that he's one of those unhinged uh, celebrities. I would compare him to like uh uh, Bobby D, Robert De Niro, you know how he goes off unhinged. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if that dude is getting red-pilled, you know, you know where we're at right now. So, you know, we're talking to candidates and stuff like that. And I was thinking about this. Is like you called out the Latino caucus yesterday. You know, you put in a request or, you know, you threw out the challenge or whatever we want to call it to come on and talk to us and stuff like that. And it's kind of like we're talking in an echo chamber, you know, we're talking to people that, you know, agree with our views and our values and stuff like that. And it's not surprising to us that we do feel like we're the majority. It's just not that, you know, a lot of people speak up out in, you know, everyday life Mm -hmm. and, and I just was thinking, just having these conversations and realizing that we are the majority is kind of like the important thing. But I I heard this earlier today, and I'm going to read you. It's supposed to be like a, a poll that was done on, on Democrats, mm-hmm. right? And it has to do like with, with the border, because you know how, you know, there was a hard stance against the wall. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, so this poll, let's go back to 2016, right? Before Trump's presidency. So let's say 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. So this is where they're at right now. So 82% say it's important to secure the border. 82%, right? Mm-hmm. 62 want more border wall construction. Okay. Yes. 60% say border situation is a crisis. Okay. 55% uh, see border situation as an invasion. Mm-hmm. 54% say uh, fix America before sending money to Ukraine. So, I mean, are we getting there? Are we getting to the point where we're saying that we we are the majority now? Yeah, yeah. The way that we view things. Yeah, based on those numbers, I mean, it's it's yeah. And remember when we would have conversations and people would say, "Oh no, man, there's, you know, we're in the Bay Area or we're in LA or you know." Mm-hmm big cities and stuff like that and they would go no i think um there's more you know 
Democrat views out there, you know, more progressive views and stuff like that. Yeah. I wonder, you know, when we were having those conversations to where we're at now reading those stats, how people would feel is that are we are we the majority now? Yeah, I think yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, if based on numbers like that, that just kind of proves, like you're saying, it's like a validation, right? Mm-hmm. This this is the one I was talking about. The one I, the last one I saw. Acknowledge that because I, well, you've I will also, acknowledge yeah. that you know that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes, and I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah, yeah, and, but, so and I respect so irresponsible. And I respect the shit out of Wait, let me campaign. let me hear him out. Hang on, yeah. go, go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. No, because he said the both sides. You know, there's good people on both sides, and when you see the full quote, yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't what what he said. And 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 you know, well, I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm-hmm. Hard. There's some video about it. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, "What are you talking about, man?" Because you got played. And here's what the re- this is why I think you're going to vote for Trump, is because you, much like me, much like many people, independent it's- thinkers, not the sheep. Realize we kind of got played a little bit. Yes, Trump ain't exactly the smoothest character. He's not, he's not Jesus Christ. No, but he actually, his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there. And here's my final point. You see what's going on with the border. You see yep. what's going on with the wokeness. You see what's going on with culture wars. And you see what's going on with actual wars. Yeah. Specifically, you see who the, the Democrats have exposed their hand especially the progressive left. You see what's going on between Israel and Gaza. You have three Star of David highs on your chest right now. Mm-hmm. And as someone who is a proud New Yorker your whole life, you see what the Democratic Party has turned into. This D-E-I-E-S-G, yep. woke manifestation of ridiculousness, <clears throat> intersectionality, decolonialization. You're looking at that and you say, you know what? As much as I can't stand big dick Donald Trump, you said it. at least he's fucking normal. At least he doesn't want to turn my boy into a girl. Well, at least he's normal. Well, yeah. Yes. You, you, at least, his poly- at least he doesn't it. want to turn my boy into a yeah. girl. Yeah. At least he's defending Israel, not the fucking terrorists. And at the end of the day, I'm a reasonable person. Yeah. So like you said initially, I think I'm going to consider this. Oh, it's, I'm considering it. Yes. But to pull that, well, I don't know, we don't pull, pull levers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> actually pull that lever. Yeah, pull the pulling the but, lever for Biden. And, the, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to okay. tell you right now, I won't vote. I'm not voting for Biden. No. I'm not voting for Kamala. I'm not, you know. But then I'm you not, can't talk shit. And you need well, to be able to talk. But he's like, Rappaport's been red pilled. <laughs> and I do. I take two red pills in the morning, two red pills in the night. It's working. For what? <laughs> and, and for, you know, the red pill. You know, they have been red pilled. <laughs> He needs to take one up his rectum. <laughs> It'll work faster. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That's but funny. it's like, it's funny because, like, he still doesn't want to admit, you know what I mean? That it's hard. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> to admit that you were wrong for so long. It's hard for those people. And like he said, ranted hard. Remember we were talking about, you know, the the border situation when when it started first, you know, becoming an invasion. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking, like, what's the play here? You know? Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, in my opinion, they there's so much going on that they just lost control. You know, they're 
they're going down a certain road and a, a certain agenda. Mm-hmm. And, and they literally just lost control and um and they don't know what to do they they lost so much control that people are getting red pilled it's yeah. like look at look at israel right he called them out right there and that was a good one too the way that he called them out mm-hmm. that guy was actually pretty smooth the way that he forced he was saying what rapaport was actually thinking that rapaport didn't want to say mm-hmm. in, in, in the sense that look you know, you, you would say something about uh, Jews or Hollywood or anybody and and right away, anti-Semitism, uh, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like with the situation happening in Israel, that got taken away. That narrative got ripped away from them. Mm-hmm. That's what red pilled that guy. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It, 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 after it, it after that, the started coming out more like that. Yeah, it wasn't the border. It was not gender affirming and, and, you know, transgender, none of that. He would still be rolling hard with with the Democrats right now. But Mm -hmm. for him, Israel is the thing. And they just straight lost control of all the narratives that they had going. They were just juggling too many at the same time, and they just dropped all the balls, and that's it. Yeah. Let me see. Um, but you know how we were talking about uh, Secretary of State uh, Blinken? Mm-hmm. And this is where they get lost again, too, is that while we have real issues going on, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Secretary of State cautions the State Department staff against misgendering using gender terms like father in official communications. It's like, Mm -hmm. and you know, like I was telling you earlier, even if it took a minute, two minutes, three minutes out of their time to throw that out there, it's a freaking waste of time. Yeah. Did you see, did you see this? What is it? No. San Francisco sworn in a, a non-citizen to the election committee. Oh, I've been hearing that they've been wanting to do this, but I, I didn't hear about this today, right? Yeah, it came out oh, February 14th. Yeah, it came out, yeah, like last last week. Um, so yeah, Chinese immigrant has been sworn in to serve San Francisco's election committee despite her lack of US citizenship, raising national security concerns. As one senator, U.S. senator warns that Chinese President Xi Jinping is playing the long game. Um, but yeah, Kelly Wong, an Im- Im- immigration rights activist who came to the U.S. in 2019 from Hong Kong. <laughs> was is, isn't that the definition of... Uh... Insanity? Huh? <laughs> I was going to say insanity. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is, but treason. I mean, isn't that isn't that treason? I mean, I don't see how you can have a non-citizen. I it's just don't understand. Crazy. That's crazy, man. But yeah, she's in there. She's in there now. So she's gonna. 
she's in the election commission, which let me see. I'm open another tab and see what does what does the San Francisco Election Commission do? Because the way I I mean the way that I were were to interpret this was okay. She has a say in how we vote. Yeah, a hundred percent. Let's see. I mean, she's going to be an influence in it, no matter what. Even if she isn't the one that has the final say on whatever decisions need to be made, but she's going to be tied into the conversations and decisions. So this is what they have on their about page. This is all they have. The San Francisco Elections Commission oversees all public elections in San Francisco. It sets general policies for the Department of Elections and is responsible for the proper administration of its general practices. Hmm. That's just yeah, I mean, talk about setting a president is that so what now people that aren't citizens are going to be able to be in these committees and change the voting voter, voter uh, rules and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's in there. She's gonna have some say, right? It's it's crazy. It, it's and then you know people people talk about you know when when people say oh you know they're letting all these people in just so they can vote, right? Or they can get a That's new voter base, and then they do things like this. It's like well, you can't call it a conspiracy theory, you know anymore because you know That's they're appointing inspiring to do. Yeah, yeah, you're seeing it play out. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Um, let me see. I think she might jump on. She just sent me a message. So we might get Michelle on right now. <laughs> but it, it's, it's wild, right? Because I don't know, dude. It's like another type of validation type of thing, maybe. Well, I it's hope it's a red pill. For, uh, it, I think this is another red pill. It's like, so, so they were calling it a conspiracy theory. So now, now that it's happening, <laughs> it start. You know, remember we said they, they, they went inch by inch, mm -hmm. and incremental steps. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. Yeah. Okay, so when you go, ah, oh, no, it's not gonna go past this. You guys are making a big deal about this. What What's the next step? Yeah, yeah. They they they. You give them an you give them an inch, right? They take a mile, right? That's the saying. Yep. Let's see. And and that's what they do. That's what they do, little by little. They they're, they're trying it out, and now they have this lady in there. You know, try it with San Francisco people in San Francisco. Probably aren't going to complain about it. They're probably so, you know, head in the sand that they don't even realize what happened. But that's or the ramific again the ramifications of this. Like 
how the effects of it in the future. But let's think about that. Remember what we were saying is that the fringe left is are the ones that are, you know, representing us. Yeah. And the way that they get in there, mm -hmm. you know, they're banking on us not going in and, and voting, casting our vote. Yeah. Hi, Michelle. Hey, how hey. are you guys? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for being patient with me. Uh, <laughs> how are you? Doing good. Doing good. How was so, your day today? Yeah, it's been a crazy, interesting couple of days, but um, I'm glad to be here with you guys. And thank you for what you guys are doing. It's amazing. Um, you know, to have all these platforms out there and especially with Latinos, right, who are waking up and understand what's going on. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you for that. And yeah, no worries. Um, like we were just on here right now. We we're just kind of we, we've done so many uh, episodes with different candidates <laughs> that we haven't really talked about any of like uh, current news or anything like that. So we're just trying to see what we could remember, you know, talk about certain news that broke you in know, the whole process. <laughs> I don't ever watch the news. And I know that sounds crazy, but I get all my yeah. news through the grapevine uh, because <laughs> I've been uh, doing this for about 10 years in the governmental mountain, just working with different organizations and trying to get the word out there that I always get texted. Did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And, and everybody texts me videos, texts, you know, they text me news articles. So I'm like, oh, I got, so my husband, we have totally different, um, like routines in the morning. He wakes up, he grabs his coffee and he watches his news. I wake up, I grab my, my tea and I read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> totally different. You get the good news. <laughs> and that, yeah, exactly. That's Something good positive. News. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have to worry about uh, you know what who who did what to who. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. We actually were talking about that. Is the media just crying wolf so many times that I think everybody's just desensitized? It's like, yeah, you know, we well, were talking. Yeah, for oh. me, you know, what I think happened is that right now we're living it, right? But we had a chance to change things. Really, when you want to think about it. 30 40 years ago right now it, it it's all around us and it's everywhere all the time because basically the church fell asleep right like we were in and we, we were told to be politically correct that we had to mind our p's and q's you don't talk about politics you don't talk about god at the table right you you mm -hmm. don't talk about this in a professional setting because um you might upset someone hurt their feelings and so the church in an effort to be kind did that right we just said okay well let me get in my in my prayer closet and i'll just pray well, prayer is great, but prayer without action is death. And so this is where now we see the consequences of that, of just praying and, uh, you know, waiting on God. God wants us to come in alignment with him. God wants us to be like, yes, pray and then take action because we have to believe what we just prayed, that we have full authority to do whatever we prayed, like, right? Like when we're kids, we pray like, oh, God, please, please, can I have this? Please, can I have that? 
But as you grow in your faith in God and you know that what is, you know, everybody knows, right? What's the the prayer that he taught us, taught us as it is in heaven, let it be on earth, right? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we know we can, yes, amen. His <laughs> will be done. So we can pull from heaven down to earth. And that's how our prayer should be, right? That we have full authority and dominion to disciple the nations, to heal the sick. And so we don't walk by our own power. We walk by the power of God. And if we actually did that, if we got out and spoke the truth um, with as much love as possible, but honest truth, then I think we'd be living in a very different world. But for the last at least 30 years, this is the world that we were living in. And where it really was accentuated was when uh, like Obama took office, because when Obama took office, I remember I was still saying Merry Christmas, but all of a sudden it was like happy holidays and don't forget Kwanzaa, you know, and, and I was like, okay, that's great. But what does Kwanzaa have to do with the you know, birth of our savior? <laughs> and um, so it was really interesting to see that. And after the eight years of Obama, I remember that was it. I had enough. And I was like, I've got to do something. And so I got involved personally myself. My grandfather was involved in politics, so I, I think I just have it in my blood. I just thought, okay, I'm going to change things by getting involved in the process, by changing legislation. But as I continued to like just walk in my faith and, and do the work that I do, God showed me that we have to be God-centered first because all you're going to end up doing is like smiling at the crazy people and you just got to move on because if we don't win them for God first, you know, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. We can talk till we're blue in the face. You can even try to reason with them, give them facts, give them statistics. But the truth of the matter is what, you know, I think a lot of people have said this recently, which is repent from your sins, right? Turn from evil and seek God. And why is that? Because first we have to repent from our sins. So that means no reasoning in the world is going to get somebody to actually agree with you because what do we know? I mean, if they hated Jesus, they're going to hate us and they're going to hate the truth. But if we get them to repent, right, if we if, if we share with them from a place of relationship of being able to have built something with that person and share with them from a place of that compassion and love that God teaches us to have, then we will become fishermen of men and change their hearts and then change legislation. So I I think we've got a long way to go and it's going to start with us being honest. You know, it's going to be with us teaching our kids to pray, you know, like be proud. I don't care where you're at. If you're having, you know, lunch with your friends, stop and pray. Just put Mm -hmm. your hands together and honor God. Other people are going to look at that and go, what, what's going on? Why is this person doing that? And if we can be proud about it, then, they will be inquisitive about it, right? But if we're shy about it, like, oh, I don't know, then, I mean, who's going to want that? Like, who's going to want to love God if I can't even be proud of it? If I can't even go out and be like, hey, this is, like, you need some of this. This is the real yeah, stuff. You can't be lukewarm anymore. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not at yeah. all. Yeah. And no, then- you're right. You know, I, that's a really good point is that when you're a kid, you give the example. It's like, oh, I really want this. You know, that's what you pray for. But, you know, right now it's kind of like, you know, pray for, you know, give me the strength type of prayers, you know? Yeah. So rebuke the enemy. We can call down. We can bind the enemy, rebuke him to hell and take this land. We, we, we claim it in the name of Jesus. You know, when I started my campaign, that's one of the first things I did was go to um, the city halls of where I'm (laughs) actually, that's a long way because it's everywhere from La Cañada all the way up to uh, Lytle Creek and Pinon Hills and 
tefillah. So it's quite a way. But um, I went to the city halls and I prayed there and I took authority, you know, and I said, Father God, you know, I, I, I stand in the gap for any blood that's been shed here, for any sins and transgressions that have turned you from, from this city. I, I, I ask for forgiveness and, and I stand for this city to protect this city and to serve this city. Provide me your wisdom, your discernment, your strategy, right? Your vision for this city. How can I best serve it? And if we continue to do that, right, as leaders, then we'll be in a different place. Um, but it, it, we didn't get here in a day, which is what I like to remind people, you know, this didn't happen overnight. Um, and so we're not going to get back overnight either, unless that's what God wants. I believe he can do anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah we got mountains with God, but. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a long, it's a long, it's a long battle, right? Yeah. It'd be it'd be awesome. We said this before. It'd be awesome if we get everything overnight, but you know, in a sense, it's like okay, it, it might not happen that way. It's possible. It might not happen that way, yeah. uh, but we gotta be prepared for the long the, the long battle ahead, and we can't give up. You know, put our hands up, be defeated. It's like even even if we don't win everything, right? We right. still gotta keep chugging along. And and hey, all right, we were we'll just up. talking about oh. this right now. Is that They've been winning uh, inch by inch, you know, incremental steps. And then we just have to have that same approach in taking it back. Right. So important. It's so important because one of my favorite songs that I love to play is I'm fighting a battle that's already been won. Right. Mm -hmm. We have the victory. We already know we have the victory. Come on. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We have victory in God. So it's not the win. We already know we have the win. We got it. So we just got to be walking like we know it, <laughs> you know, Yeah, and that's the difference. I mean, if the enemy doesn't get tired, how can we get tired? Right. Like if they're if they are willing to lie, cheat and steal to get what they want, then why can't we use love, hope and hard work to get what we want? Right. Like, I mean, we've got God on our side and all he wants us to do is to step, take that first step of faith. And then everything else will follow because God is a good God. He is faithful and he will give us everything our hearts desires. But that means we have to be righteous, right? Like something that mm-hmm. we're seeing in today's world, like this economy is all about like, it's crazy, right? It's all about money. It's all about prestige. It's all about, you know, um, how many likes you have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And really, if we are righteous, yeah. God will do the rest. Like I have had some wild story. I can tell you some wild stories. Like in 2019, I remember I was sitting at a fundraiser with my parents uh, for the children of Peru. My parents are Peruvian and I get a phone call and it's some guy I've never met before or, you know, even talked to. And they're like, Hey, would you like to be in the president's motorcade? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, would you like to volunteer in the president's motorcade? So I like get up right from the table. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And uh, so sure enough, the guy's like, well, you know, your name was given to us through a third party. And I'm like, who gave you my name? And they're like, oh, we don't even know at this point. I'm like, okay, well, what do I have to do? And they're like, I had to send them like my driver's license, my social security. I had to like, you know. Well, get a- getting yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, how did this happen? I mean, you know, I got uh, invited to the White House I- and then I got to do it a second time too. I got to uh, do it the second time the president came to California. I get to, I got to ride, you know, in the press van and mm. uh, drive all the press around. The first time I got to ru- uh, drive all his um, administration staff around. So it was great. So I had like Brad Pascal in the car and all these. Okay. Awesome- uh, so it's That's just awesome. 
I think that God gives us these opportunities just to say, you know, hey, I'm here and I see what you're doing. And, and, and it gives me insight, you know, to be able to see how things really work in California, which is another great thing too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he just gives us eyes to see, but it's crazy. You know, some of the things I've gotten to do, I'm just like, I love it. <laughs> I no, that's love awesome. But, but you know what? You brought up, uh, you know, the fact of, you know, no one was no one saying uh, Merry Christmas anymore. But you yeah. know what I noticed this year? And I don't know if you guys noticed this, too. That's I more. heard more Merry Christmas this past year than I had in the past 10, 12 years. Amen. I don't know if you guys, did you guys yeah. experience the same thing? You, you'd see it more, too, like in stores. Yeah. Well, you know, I I made this decision for myself and because honestly, I had been doing it right. I worked for law firms for 30 years. I did a financial and I used to implement financial enterprise systems for big global law firms. And so you grow up in that professional environment and you're like, okay, let me just go along. Right. Let me be politically Mm -hmm. correct. And I noticed, I was like, well, wait a minute, why, why am I saying happy holidays? This is, this is a Christmas holiday. It's all about Christmas. Literally the Christmas and, is a yeah. price, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what did it for me was, okay, I'm going to be crude. I'm not one to curse or anything like that. But I was like, everybody was going, happy holidays, happy holidays. And then in 2016, when mm-hmm. President Trump came in, I remember that was the first Christmas where he was like, Merry effing Christmas and what? Y ahora que, right? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> everybody started saying, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And I was like, you know what? I'm never taking it back. I'm sorry, God, I ever st- I stayed quiet. I would never. So when people go, happy holidays, I go, Merry Christmas. And people get so excited because then they're like, oh, I can say oh, Christmas. You too? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's crazy. But that's what it's about. It's about yeah. suppressing our voice. It, you know, we always talk about uh, us being the majority. We were just talking about it before uh, you came on. And that's one of the things that we have to do is that if we don't speak up, you know, you know, we're helping other people uh, not speak up. So if we just break through that and show everybody else that we are the majority, it's going to give them that extra little push just to come out and, and not suppress their voice anymore. Yeah. Well, what's that saying? All evil needs is for good men to stay silent. Mm, right? yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> not us. Not us. <laughs> so. I mean, that's just it. If we can be proud of who we are, right, as a nation, as Christians, this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values, right? Like, I don't know how much you guys study, like, the founding fathers, but, like, what's even beautiful is, like, the Magna Carta. When when people came to America, and yes, I know America was always here, and I know, you know, we can get into a debate about who was here first and all that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> the truth is that when when the founders of America came, right, they came leaving tyranny and mm-hmm. they understood how important God was. They had studied the Geneva Bible for like 14 years before they they got on a ship and said, OK, I'm, we're going to go look for new land because they were literally being ousted by by the king. Right. So. When they were on the Magna Carta, they decided before we even hit land, right, because they knew they were free men. They understood that they had inalienable rights given to them by God. So before they even stepped on the land, they wrote the Magna Carta and they asked everyone on the ship to sign it. Right. And how does that document start? It says under the sovereignty of God. Amen. 
that's how the Magna Carta starts, right? Like, mm-hmm. and it's because they knew that they needed God in order to create a good and free society. And so the more we, we continue to share that with, with the next generation so that they know like that they have these liberties, these rights that they're inalienable, right? Like if they read their constitution and really learn it, right? Like not just, you know, try to get past their history class or whatever, but really learn the constitution because it's your right. It's the, it gives you the opportunity to know when you can stand, you can use your voice in this, in this country. And it's, different than anywhere else in the world right like nowhere else in the world it's we the people that give the government power unlike all other constitutions that give people freedom our constitution says we the people give our government limited power to serve mm-hmm. us and protect us and so the more we share this with the generations the more they'll know that they're in charge and that all these things are for a reason right the fact that we want to take away our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights, our, our freedom of speech, our, our freedom to bear arms, you know, mm-hmm. there's reasons behind this that are very valid, right? So what do you do if you do have a corrupt government? We're not so far from there. <laughs> I mean, you oh, know, actually, we're right there. <laughs> so, so what do you do if somebody wants to take your land? Do you have rights? Like what do you, so the, the, there's a reason for the second amendment, right? So that the government would know that it cannot take control from the people, that the people have control and they have the right to bear arms so that they can fight against a tyranny that might raise its head, right? Like mm-hmm. see it all the time. And so the thing is that we've got to like balance between legislation and our culture, but our culture is different than legislation. Our culture is built by how we interact with one another and the agreements we make with one another as a society. And the thing is, is like, instead of the church being loud and saying, Hey, you know, do you want to know what it is to have true freedom? Do you want to know what it is to lay your head at night and be at peace? Do you want to know, like just to unconditional love, let me tell you about this person I know. His name is Jesus, right? Like we got quiet. We got so quiet. And so what happens in that silence? The enemy was more than happy to fill the gap. What did they do? You know, we, we, pornography is rampant. We see like, I mean, it's crazy because I'm a, you know, middle-aged Christian woman Mm -hmm. (laughs) with grandkids. And, uh, but I take it for granted, right? Like I live in suburbia with, uh, with my husband and, and so, but I'll go online and look at the social media pages, especially like all the ones that show like all the stuff going on in LA. And I'm like, what has going on? Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like how there's such a bipolarization of our culture right now. Like when you think about being in the church and, and loving God and trying to live your life according to God's will, right. According to his 10 commandments to put God first, to not, make idols to honor him to not take his name in vain to love our mother and father right like all these things that that the ten commandments teach us and then you go look at what's going on on the streets of la right like you've got women who are literally like naked on the street selling themselves you got people dying on the street from overdose you have people like defecating on the streets like it's like you talk about extremes right we have like total extremes so how do we how do we get to that place, right? Like, how do we take that society 
and get them to understand what, what, what we want, right, which is good for our families and our communities and everything else. The only way that's going to happen is with the truth. And that's with God's truth, right, to, to bring them back. I'm not saying everybody has to be converted and has to be a Christian. But believe me, you'd rather have a Christian neighbor than <laughs> one that. Yeah. Christians are going to pick up your mail. They're going to bring you soup when you're sick. They're going to watch over your property. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's the whole thing that we were talking about earlier, too, is that over the time, all of that's gotten diluted and no one's talking about it. But, you know, what's funny is that I, this is my personal opinion, is that people are thirsty for that, though. They oh, crave yeah. it. They yeah. need it. They don't even know that they need it. But... Let's say, for example, a series about, you know, um, the Apostles comes out and it's getting crazy ratings. A movie comes out about Jesus Christ and yeah. it's got record you know, numbers and it's breaking yeah. records and and everybody is watching it. Yeah. And, you know, Hollywood doesn't want to show us that, you know, they they don't want to as as successful as those shows and movies are. They're not making them like yeah. they're making other oh, movies, yeah. horror movies. Yeah, if if you like, um, because now what is it like? They've got all those TV apps, right? You've got Netflix and Hulu mm -hmm. and all of them. Mm -hmm. But what I love is that you'll see like trending, right? Like they they show you like what's hot or whatever. Mm -hmm. But what I notice is like all these TV shows, they never go past one or two seasons, right? Like almost never. Like it's always like one or two seasons. You're like, oh, what happened? And it's mm -hmm. because honestly, people. They are. They're searching for something more meaningful. I, I, I do think that people want that. And if you're not, for instance, my days, my days are full of like working in my community, getting the word out, working with other organizations. Um, but there's so many people that are just like they they they're hurting, first of all. Right. They don't know how to get outside of their pain or 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 even that that selfishness of just trying to make themselves happy. And, and if they only knew that if they would turn that around, right, if they would go out and do something good in the world, right, like, just go help a neighbor or whatever, go, go help somebody that you know is hurting, how like impactful that would be to their lives. And, mm -hmm. and we've just gotten away from that because we're living in such a superficial 30 second world where everything's about like, how can I put my, the best version of myself out there uh, in 30 seconds and get a like, right. The, the, mm -hmm. Even the marketing, like even the Christian marketing, it drives me crazy. Like abundance, abundance, like how to make all this money for God. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. can, can we just be transparent for a minute? Like, like, like not everybody was meant to be, a gazillionaire but you know for me when i when i think about like what what legacy do i want to leave like my grandson my grandkids my nephews my nieces it's that they knew that i was a woman that loved god and that i did everything for my community right that i did for my family my community because we don't get to take any of it with us you know my husband and i we we worked really hard we were really responsible we've got three homes in the pasadena area um you know we both were able to retire early i mean i'm not that young but i'm still kind of young where i still have a lot of energy i want to i want to give back to my community mm -hmm. but we're able to do that because it was a different time i'm not saying like you couldn't do it i but it was easier right like my husband and i we went straight to work we were responsible we saved our money and we were able to buy a home where we grew up 
my little sister, who's 16 years younger than me, she can't buy a home where we grew up because it's outrageous, right? Like the average home in Pasadena is like 1.3, 1.5 million. And it's like, who's got that kind of money? It's crazy, right? Like hey, You're talking to people that did exactly that. I couldn't afford yeah. to buy yeah, a house in town where I grew up. So I had to, you know, go to the Central Valley. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And you know, I think we're all walking examples of that. Yeah, my brother has a beautiful home, but he had to go to Fontana, right? Like, like yeah. it's, it's, and so this is where I, the, it can't be the right answer to say like, oh, okay, well, we'll just build further out. We'll just go further out. Like it, it, it's breaking down the family unit, you know, like, yeah, okay, you're going with your mom and your dad and your, and, you know, and, and the parents. But I remember, especially as a Latino, it kills me because I grew up with all my uncles and aunts and like my mom had 24 cousins okay like my my mom with five or four siblings right there were five of them in the family but my grandmother's sister both her two sisters each had 12 kids so they had 24 cousins on top of that (laughs) so those i have tons of uncles and aunts right and we would get together we'd party on the front lawn and you know we just do it the way it's supposed to be done and I don't remember growing up like that. And now when I think about where, you know, where all these families, you know, they've had to, you know, even if they were lucky enough to stay in California, right? Like my family, mm-hmm. my immediate family is in California, but I have tons of family that moved out to Texas, North Carolina, you know, I mean, just trying to make a living for themselves and, and live that good life, that decent life to own a home. And mm-hmm. it's crazy, you know, nowadays it's, it, even if we can do it, it's, and then, you know, a, a really interesting um, observation I made the other day was that like Pasadena, it was always a pretty big city, but it was like known to be a residential city. Like me and my cousins, we'd like walk across the whole city, right? Like we, and we'd go to the, you know, candy store, the liquor store on the corner to buy candy and, and it was no big deal, but now I would never do that. Like, and it was because it was about homeownership you know it was a community full of homes and you know there there might have been rentals and stuff but it was mostly like about home ownership and you would go and you would buy a home and you know everybody would be out the dads would be out mowing the lawns on saturday and the moms would be making tea or like in my family my mom would be making you know chicha morada <laughs> mm-hmm. totally different but you know and, and like i said we barbecue in the front yard but nowadays, every house that sells, they put up like apartment buildings or they put up condos. Mm-hmm. So why is that important? Because these condos and apartment buildings that people put up, there's not that pride of home ownership. Mm-hmm. So they don't get painted. Uh, there's trash on the streets in front of them. They're, they get run down and there's no pride, right, to keep it up. Yeah. So, like Pasadena. Mm-hmm from being this beautiful like it used to be you know it's called the city of roses but you used to be able to drive up the big major boulevards and it was beautiful right it was like i remember lake avenue it had all these beautiful streets and south lake is still nice because it's close to like san marino and and the nice areas of pasadena but when you start going up lake avenue from colorado like 
it's there's so many ab- abandoned buildings and so many home there's so much homelessness on the street and it's just crazy because like you can see like the mildew on the side of the walls you know like they're not pristine and white anymore mm-hmm. yeah. and it's just because there's not that sense of pride for the things that we loved right like because this generation's like well why should i even try you know i can't buy a house it's like it's you know so they end up spending $3,500 to rent an apartment, right? To rent yeah, apartment. what you just described right there is, I think a lot of people in California can relate to that. Uh-huh. Is because growing up in San Jose or even, you know, for a, a small period of time, uh, Mountain View, California, and then my parents moved to San Jose. But that's how it was. You just described my childhood right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm pretty sure Daniel, you know, something very similar to what she just described. Yeah. From, so I think it resonates with a lot of people that may be listening here in California. And it's one of those things that we have to get to a point where we have to realize that it doesn't have to be like that. We don't have to move away. You know, mm-hmm. let's stay. Let's right. fix it. Exactly. And, and the one thing I tell people all the time is this. Right now, we've got the best, best opportunity ahead of us. Why? In 1972... The Democrats took majority of the state Senate. So that's 1972. We're in 2024. Okay. Mm-hmm. 50 plus years. In 1996, California Democrats took the House Assembly. That's 1996. It's 2024. So that's 28 years, almost 30 years that the California legislature, both in the Senate and in the Assembly, have had a Democrat majority, okay? So for almost 30 years, I don't know anybody who could have a job for 30 years and mess it up as much as the California Democrats have and they don't get fired. So this is what I tell people all the time. If you don't like the California you're living in right now, if you don't like the way it's treating you, there's only one party that we can blame right now. Now, I know it's not about party lines, right? It's not about being Democrat or being Republican. It's about what leader is going to best serve the people. But what I do want to tell people is like, how's that been working out for you? Because honestly, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. You know, right now, we just saw President Biden come to California, right? In LA, he was here in LA. And he just pardoned, I forget how many billions of dollars of like 1.2 billion dollars of student loans for the people here of LA or I don't know if it was all the state of LA but it was in LA county so I'm guessing it was for LA people and I'm thinking to myself like this is what they do they panhandle they come out here they appease right they want that LA vote so they're gonna go buy buy them off with their tuition right I'm gonna pay for your tuition and then tomorrow it's the same problem it's the same problem that in the same uh speech right they were talking about in, incentivizing and giving more uh tax no, no it wasn't tax rate. what did they say he said he was going to give more um I can't remember anymore, but I kept just thinking like, okay, you want to give this, you want to give that, you want to give that. Where do you think it's going to come from? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. magic tree, right? Like we keep, we keep, well, they act like there is, right? Like there's some magic, you know. Um, well, there is for them, you know, to take our money. <laughs> yeah, but not yeah. for us. Yeah. And we've got to make that connection. You know, this is what I tell people. 
right now it's like they're telling you whatever you want to hear right they're they're giving you the whole cake they're going to make sure you eat the whole thing but what happens when you eat the whole cake you end up throwing up you end up getting sick mm -hmm. like it doesn't work it doesn't work you can try it with anything that you like it, it overindulging is not good and this is what they offer people right the democrats come in and they go oh i care so much i'm going to give you free tuition i'm going to give you free education i'm going to give you free health care well, let me ask you, where's your health care right now? Are, do you have the best health care in, like, in the nation that you can think of right now? No. Everybody's health care has gone to the horses, really. Like, I don't even know how else yeah. to say it. Like, so bad. I, I can't. You can feel the difference. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm 55 years old, right? So I can tell the difference between the, you know, how I grew up the level of care, the level of leadership, the le level of customer service, the level of life that I was used to, it's something that this generation doesn't even understand because they've never seen it. They've never known what it is to walk into like a restaurant and receive that kind of excellence in service. They've never gone to a doctor's appointment and know what it is to sit down with the doctor for more than five or 10 minutes, right? To, to have someone like sit down, get your history, really get to know you. So these things that they keep promising us, all it does is put more stress on the system, water it down, make it subpar to anything that I've ever grown up with or I'm used to like it's ridiculous my husband and I changed phone providers because I think we lost her yeah froze up let's see but now what what, what uh we'll see if it comes back on but what yeah. she was saying man is it's like the 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 Spanish video I did recent the other day where I was talking about, you know, you keep voting for the same thing year after year after year, and the results aren't there. And like, what, what, how much worse could it get if you tried the other team? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of. Well, it's kind of like we were talking about Rappaport is that it's difficult to get to that point and acknowledge that, you know, you've been on the wrong side, or you know, or not even on the wrong side, but that that side is no longer representing you or, mm -hmm. you know, um, looking after you Well, representing you, you know, yeah. in, in your best interest. Um, they're off doing their own thing. And it's funny, you know, what, you know, she was talking about is it, it relates to everything that we were talking about before she got on. Yeah. It's kind of nice to see that, you know, the points that she's making because you know, with all the other candidates that we're talking about, you know, um, she's coming from a different lens, from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and and, it, and it's a good point that, that she's making, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. A, a lot of times people don't want to have that conversation. And we've talked about that before, is that when you go into the spiritual side and stuff like that, you know, you... A lot of people don't want to talk about that. It's like taboo, you know? No, yeah. And then, and, you know, it was reminding me of the, the episode we did. You know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it's number 36. When we talked about, you know, why faith is important. And, mm -hmm. you know, having that belief in God or having God as part of your life. Uh, why that is important, obviously, gives you, like, your, your moral compass. You know, 
as far as trying to be as much of a good person as you can possibly be. But if you don't have that, then you got these other things. You have a void, right? And then you try to fill them with other things. So that's what yeah. kind of she's saying too. It's like, you know, people have have replaced God with things that just, you know, in this world and the big scheme of things are insignificant. Yeah. And at the same time, it's a distraction to just strip your rights away. Is mm -hmm. and you know, those are God-given rights that are being stripped away from you. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm telling you is everything that we were talking about relates to what she was bringing up is that they're trying to get rid of the Constitution, take away our rights. But at the same time, they're already doing it with the Constitution. They're, they're brainwashing us. They're gaslighting us right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. So it, it's uh, we'll see if she comes back on. But no, I mean, I think I think what she was saying, you know. I can from from listening to her, I could I could see or I could hear how for her, you know, part of the reason, and I was gonna ask her this, part of the reason she's running is because of her her faith and her family. That, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like that was the that was the vibe I was getting from her that that's kind of her motivation to to run. Yeah. And I mean, why do we do things? You know. Mm -hmm. Is it, you know, things like this, is it to be selfish or is it in the best interest of our offsprings? You know, mm -hmm. I think it's in the best interest of our family, you know, yeah. the people yeah. that we're leaving behind. Yeah. Because as we get older. <laughs> but Yeah. No. And, 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 you know, we, we talked about, I, I believe we said this before too, where, we were like saying that, you know, what if our parents would have been more attentive to what was happening? You know, where would we be today? And and that's exactly kind of how I think of it too, right? If I don't do nothing today, you know, where, where are my daughters going to be in 20, 30 years? What's going to be but their, it, their There's problem? an education piece to that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that, you know, if, whether you're first generation, second generation born here or third or whatever, you know. The situation is is that if you you weren't born here you come to this country you know that this country there's better opportunities what is it that is affording people a better future you know is it those rights that you know she was talking about you know mm -hmm. uh the constitution you know the protection of our rights and it's like they know that there's better opportunity here, but they don't know why. So mm -hmm. why, how are they going to educate, you know, their kids with that? So that's, and it's kind of like, that's a bigger responsibility on the, on second generation, third generation to make sure that, you know, we talk to our kids about that and, and preserve those rights. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what they're banking on is, you us sitting down, keeping quiet, quiet and mm -hmm. there they go inch by inch, mm -hmm. taking this one away, I'm taking the other right away, taking more of that right away. And at some point, the agenda, the 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 plan, is to strip all the rights away. 
Yeah. And people might go, well, why in the world would they want to do that? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Why do bad people do bad things? That's a, that's a, a, I don't like when people answer questions with the question, but that's one that deserves an answer with that question is that why do people do bad things? Yeah. But, trying to get back in. Let me see. But yeah, I mean that's that's like I said, I feel like that's her her motivation, right? As far as uh oh there we go. I think she popped in right now. And now I'll just I'll ask her right now. Okay. Hi, mm -hmm. sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I've, I've changed bridges. I'm in my office now. I had to <laughs> connect. <laughs> All good. No, but uh, what we were kind of talking about when uh, you went off right now is I was telling Danny that um, kind of from what, I, what I've heard you say, you know, in, in this time is I feel like because I, I ask people, you know, what's your motivation to run? You know, why are you doing it? From from what I've heard you say. I think two big reasons or, or factors why you're running is one, your faith, and two, your family. Amen. So, uh, Amen. I that's the vibe I get from you. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, totally. I mean, for me, it's all about, and, and God works in mysterious ways. Like, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't want to change but what happened in 2017, I was at the height of my career. Literally, uh, I, I was doing consulting. I was getting paid really great. Uh, my husband and I have a great life. We still do. Um, but I remember I walked into work that day and I've got a strong constitution. Like I can take a lot of stress. I can take a lot of pressure. I'm the kind of person that I've driven myself to the ER just to make sure I'm not having a heart attack and went, okay, good. Yeah. It's just stress. Great. I'm going back to work. And that's just the way I function. Like I, I've never been one to have fear or any of that. Like I just keep moving forward. But that day, I remember I went in early. I have this thing where I just pray over my whole department. I would have like a huge department, right? And so I would just like touch every cubicle and pray and pray. And I'd come in early. So this was like six o'clock in the morning. And I was going to have a conference call with all the accounting managers across the globe, like Asia, Europe, US. And I feel like this earthquake inside of me. And I don't know any other way to describe it. It was like an earthquake because I put my hands out and they were steady. It was only on the inside. I could feel like an earthquake, like literally shaking on the inside of me. So I get up and I go to the restroom and put some water in my face and I'm looking at myself and I hear it. I hear God's voice and he tells me, I've been calling you for two years and today's the day. And I knew it was true because I knew God had been calling me out of this field and I just wasn't letting go. And so I said, okay, God, <laughs> I hear you now. And I just knew, I knew that day I was walking out I wasn't going back. And, um, and sure enough, my husband's like, are you serious? I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and so it took him a little while to get used to it, but then he realized like, wow, you're, you're really going to do this. Um, again, I had a friend I, who called me out of nowhere and was like, do you want to do a Spanish interview? And I'm like, sure, I'll do a Spanish interview. And it ended up, she's like, okay, well, 
the uh, the producers will call you and i was like okay i'm like well who is this for it ended up being for jorge ramos and i don't know if you oh. guys know who jorge ramos is right but, i love that guy yeah right with <laughs> it was, yeah <laughs> it was with jorge ramos on al punto and we were i was going to defend president trump at that time and i remember i was like what and and sure enough you know they sent me airline tickets they put me up in the hotel they sent me a car dri- a driver the whole thing and it put me up in a big old suite. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I remember that day, my husband called Wait, me. Give like, us a call. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, my husband's like, wow, you're really doing this. You're going to, you're, th- this is your calling. I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay. And so he did. Like, I'm in my office right now. It's a mess. But, you know, he built me my office. He's like, go change the world. Go do what you want to do. And so I do this for no other reason. And I always put God and family first if i lose my family which it's hard because i know a lot of them don't believe what i believe but you know i've i've known people to get in arguments but first and foremost i love my family so Mm -hmm. i will never argue with my family or fight with my family over one man or one person i continue to speak my truth and tell them what i think is important for them to know i want them to connect the dots right If, uh, you know, we were talking about this earlier, if what Democrats were doing was so good, was so great, we've had 30 years of them having complete carte blanche to do whatever they want. And then in 2011, they took the governor's house, too. So now we're talking about the governor's house, the assembly, the Mm -hmm. Senate. They've got everything. There's nobody stopping them. So Mm -hmm. their policies were so great then we would be living large. Everybody would be just, everything would be fabulous, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not. Why is that, right? That's the question we've got to be asking ourselves. Why isn't it as great as it should be? Well, because they don't work. The policies don't work. And until we're ready to admit that to ourselves and say, okay, let me try something different, then we're not going to see the real changes that we want to see. So, yeah, for me, it's like, I'm just going to keep telling my truth and, and working at it and hoping that others will, will hear it and understand that we don't do this because we want to win. Like I said, hey, I already know I got the victory. <laughs> I'm on yeah. Jesus' side. So yeah. it's not yeah. about that. But it's about how do we leave a better future for the kids that come after us, right? Like, I'm a grown woman. I, I got everything I need and, I, and I'm taking care mm-hmm. of. But what are my grandkids going to learn, right? What are they like? The biggest thing you can be doing right now is taking your kids out of the public school system and putting them in homesch- homeschooling. There are so many great programs right now where you can take. And, and first of all, all you have to do is sign an affidavit. You go, you sign an affidavit, you file it with the state and you say, sorry, thank you very much for trying to educate my kid, but I'm going to do it myself. And there's so many great online programs where if you can get like a group of moms to do this, you guys can all decide to take turns, right? Like, let's just say five moms, every mom can take five kids, right? Which is not a big deal for one day out of the week. And you put them online, you have to educate your kids for three hours a day. That's yeah. what the state requires, three hours a day. The rest of it can be extracurricular. You can take them to the museum. You can take them to, you know, the garden show. You can take them to, you know, the NASA. You can take them to JPL. You can take them wherever you want to get them extracurricular activities. You can join sports. You can join music. Mm-hmm. You can do dance clubs. The thing is, who is going to best educate your child? 
and teach them what you want them to know, right? Mm -hmm. Not the agenda from the LGBT community, not the agenda from the left, you know, or socialists, but who's going to really teach them what you want to teach them? Who's going to teach them that they are able to do anything? I had a really interesting conversation with this woman when I was gathering signatures to qualify for this office. And I could tell she was like a very proud Latina. She had on, you know, her, her, a blue shirt with all these beautiful embroidered flowers, right? Typical mm-hmm. Mexican uh, top. And she had these, you know, beautiful uh, floral earrings and her hair was in like a braid or something. And, um, and when I asked her, you know, will you sign? She's like, oh, well, good luck, you know. And, and she wanted, I forget the word she exactly said, but she pretty much said like, well, nobody's going to vote for you because they keep people like us down. And I'm like, what are you talking about, right? Like, like she basically said, you know, when you walk out the door, you're going to see racism, you're going to encounter all of that. And, you know, why even try? And, and so I let her, you know, kind of, give me her story right i'm like okay well let me hear her out like i i don't know everybody's story my story could be very different than somebody else so let me hear what she encountered right so i heard her talk and it turns out that she was a teacher in the la school system she had her doctorate and she was shopping in la kenyatta because i was in la kenyatta which happens to be a very nice affluent city here in the la area (laughs) and i'm like and i so i listened to her and i said you know what I can understand where you're coming from and where you would get those kinds of ideas. I said, but can I give you another perspective? I said, you and I, we're two Latinas. We're standing here in La Cañada, which happens to be a very affluent city. Every home here, start the median home is like $1.5 million, right? Mm-hmm. Not sloppy seconds. This, this, these are nice <laughs> communities. You, you have higher education. I have higher education. We both have doctorates, right? You're telling me about your successful career. I can tell you about my successful career. So we're two typical Latinas who have made it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the story we want to tell our kids? That anything is possible if we work real hard, right? If we, if we dedicate ourselves and don't let ourselves get discouraged by, you know, any propaganda or messaging that we hear out there that you can do anything you want to do. The sky's the limit. As long as you keep positive, keep your eye focused on the finish line, you work towards it. This is the only place in the world where there's no class systems. There's no, you know, sense of you can do it if you can work for it. I mean, look at all the stories. We have a black man that became president of the United States. We have another black man who became a prominent, you know, neurosurgeon of this world. His mother was illiterate didn't even read or write you know i'm talking about ben carson there are so many amazing stories right like my parents my parents came when they were 19 from peru with zero in their pocket and a dream and and they did it they made it right my mom and dad were really smart my mom actually comes from a very good family got great education my dad my dad is as poor as they come right he he was the opposite and uh, so they came here and I remember my mom, she, she didn't, she had actually studied English in like English schools, like British schools. So the, so she wasn't used to the American accent. She wasn't used to anything. And she went to go look for a job and she remembers all they told her was just say yes, say yes. And so there was an aeronautics company here in the Pasadena area. And my mom went to go interview for it. And she just like, yes, 
Yes. And she remembers that the guy was just laughing at her because she probably didn't even know. It. You know, she didn't know what he was saying. She did. Like, yes. And then mm-hmm. she she got into the assembly line and she literally worked for an aeronautics company in the assembly line. And this beautiful, one, wonderful Caucasian woman saw her and went, oh, this girl needs help. And she helped my mom and she taught her, you know, she taught her how to, you know, solder and do all the stuff she needed to do. And my mom went on. My mom actually built the first stealth bomber in the United States. She worked for the Defense Department wow. for Boeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, well, it's, it's, you know, I have these incredible stories where, you know, they keep wanting to tell us that you can't do anything. That's not true. You can do anything you want to do. But the truth is that our education in California, we're 43rd in the country, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We're teaching our kids that it's more important to click and get likes, right? And we're doing all this self-help stuff and marketing stuff and how to become a million, like, just get get to it. Just get to work. You know, I have a grandson who just graduated from high school and I love it. He wants to be an entrepreneur. He's like, I don't I don't know, if, you know, if I'm going to go to college. And I'm like, that's OK. I'm like, go out, learn how to make a buck. I'm happy that he wants to do that, that, you know, he wants to make his own way and he wants to have his own business. And I'm like, yeah, that way you'll always know how to feed yourself, take care of yourself. Uh, you know, and, and he's got a family that will help him, right? Like, those are the advantages he has. And, and anybody else can also do that, you know, it might, it might take a little bit more work, it might be a little bit harder. And I get that. But I think we, there's a difference between prejudice, and then it just taking hard work, you know, and that's what we, we take for granted is to, to tell our kids that, oh, like women, oh, women, you know, we, we only make, you know, we make 20 cents less on each dollar, you know, that we have to hit the glass ceiling. Well, guess what? I'm a first generation American. I'm a Latina. I came from immigrant parents. If I was able to make it, I mean, I got three homes. I, I, I didn't go to college till I was in my forties and fifties, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it can be done. You know, it's not going to, I'm, I'm not a billionaire, but Hey, I can't complain. My life is blessed. So that's what I want kids to know that they can make anything happen if, if they just go for it. Cause nobody's stopping them. With well, God on you your know, side. It kind of goes into what, uh, actually when we got disconnected, we were kind of having a conversation about this with Daniel is that what it takes is for the parents to get involved. And, yeah. and that's one of the things that, if you listen to the language that politicians use, is that they start saying things like, that you know, the kids belong to the community mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. And, you know, we had an episode where we kind of touched on that. And it's like, look, listen to the language that they're using. The kids do not belong to the community. They belong to the family. Yeah. They're a part of a community, but they yeah. belong to the family. So if parents start believing that, I had a conversation a long time ago with uh, with a father, okay, and we were talking about our kids, and he was talking about his kids and the way that he approached education with them. He said, mm-hmm. I go to work, I bring home the money, they go to school, they learn what they have to learn, and he's putting that on the hands of the school system like you were saying earlier. And what I was trying to explain to him is that you're allowing the school system to be the biggest influence in your kid's life when you should be the one that is the biggest, you you and your wife should be the biggest influence in their life. 
Well, here, you know, there's two ways to look at it. There's the worldly way and then there's God's way, right? What does God say? God gave each father and mother the mandate to raise up their child in the way they will go, right? So if you raise up your child in the Lord, then he will follow that all the days of his life. And here's another great statistic. Did you know that if a father is a Christian and models that in his home, 90% of the time, the child will also follow. Do you know what those statistics are if the father isn't modeling Christianity in their home and it's only the mom? It's probably low, maybe. It drops to less than 20%. I was going to say like that, 10%. Yeah, that, yeah. So that's how important a father and his walk with God is to the rest of the family. And this is why for generations, right, since Lyndon B. Johnson, they've been tearing down the structure of family, right, with the welfare system and making, they didn't say, hey, let, let's help you guys. You know, you guys are down and out. No, they said, if there's a man in the house, we won't help you. So you need to make sure that you get rid of the man of the house. And there was nothing. I mean, there is a purpose for a father and a husband in the home. That's the reason why they God said you should lead your family, right? Not anybody else, not the public school system, not your wife. I mean, your wife is your partner. But the father has a very eminent role in the family. And I know that's really hard. And it even grates with a lot of Christian women to hear that you need to submit to your husband. You need to submit. <laughs> but honestly, it's the truth. And I love, love to tell my husband this all the time because I'm like, well, I said, I only have to listen to you, but you got to listen to God. I said, you better make sure you got it right. <laughs> if God wants to come to me, I'm going to be like, I was listening to him. You told me to listen to him. <laughs> But yeah, no, but it's true. You know, with parents, they need to understand that. And especially Latinos, I'll tell you why, because it's so ingrained in us, right, that we take our kids to school so that they can be educated. But the number one thing is that God calls us, the parent, to raise up the child. And it is our responsibility to know where we leave them. I mean, honestly, think about it. If you knew that your neighbor was a homosexual, and was okay with your child or wanted to teach your child to touch themselves that, you know, anal sex is okay, that sex with a boy or woman or multiple partners is okay. Would you leave them with that labor? I don't think so. I don't no, think no. so. And that's no. exactly what the schools are teaching your kids. Why in the world would you do that? And they're saying, oh, well, you know, there's nothing else we can do. Yes, there is. There is a lot more you can do. You can just put them in your home you know, whether it means you having to be with them or somebody else, like I said, find five other moms and, you know, you can go on a four day week. I mean, make it happen. You go, I mean, moms and dads have to figure it out, even with moms and dads, like maybe it's only every other week because you do it one week and the dad does it the other week. I don't care how you do it, but you got to save your kids because you are literally saying it's okay to take them into a pornographic zone. Do you know what I mean? An mm -hmm. unsafe zone. Kids are like literally brawling in the halls of schools. Like teachers don't know. I mean, 
if you get on social media, you see it everywhere. I mean, I, I remember I saw something happening at one of my nephew's schools and I sent it to my, my brother. I'm like, oh my God, did you see this happened at their school? And he's like, that happens every week. I'm like, what? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that would have been like a, you know, once in the whole year event. And, you know, but he's like, yeah, it happens all the time. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, it's like, so yes, the best thing you can do is rescue, rescue your kid from the public school exit. And there's a great 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 organization which is zero absolutely free it's called publicschoolexit.com publicschoolexit.com i encourage anyone who has any questions to go on there they have it in spanish and they have it in english first of all they give you the statistics of why you should pull your kids out and then if you don't know how to do it they'll show you how to pull your kid out and they have all the resources available to parents there from a one school program to teaching them at home to how do you get your parent, you know, your pastors involved so that they'll have a thing. I mean, there's a, the, the organization is public school exit. It was started from Dran Reese, who is also the president of the salt and light council, which is teaching churches how to, exercise their biblical citizenship in the rest of the world and i happen to be one of those affiliates in pasadena but they're all across the united states it's an amazing organization it's mm. about you know how do we take what the bible tells us and turn it out into the world how do we live in that biblical citizenship right not not just you know we're americans and we have our u.s citizenship but what does it mean to do this on a global level right like we're always like hearing about globalization globalization well, why aren't christians thinking about globalization this is something we need to take out to the rest of the world and this is why america was hated for so long because america represented christianity to the rest of the world we brought the sense of democracy to to Areas that only had tyrannical rules, that had genocide, that had all kinds of problems, right? And what did the U.S. do? The U.S. came in. I mean, you know, that that famous line, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, you mm -hmm. know, to, to defeat communism. But what happened? We got comfortable, right? And communism didn't go away. It didn't go anywhere. If anything, we were like, ah, we got it taken care of. No, we, we, we sat back and let communism come into our country. It's everywhere. I mean, especially in California, if you don't think you're living in a socialist state, you better wake up. I mean, COVID showed us that we don't have a clue of what's going on. And so we, we've really got to educate our kids to know what their rights are and wake up the parents to be like, hey, get your act together. You know, you've got to, you're responsible for your kids. And I know yeah. that's a lot for a lot of people who are just trying to make it. I get it. You wake up every day. You just trying to put, you know, meat on the table, buy, be able to buy a carton of eggs. Um, but, you know, we've all been there. I remember when my parents bought their first home, they sat us down and they're like, all right, kids, we're going to eat beans and rice every single day. And that's it. But we're buying this house. So just know, don't ask me for stuff in advance. <laughs> but, you know, it never happened that way. We never just ate rice and beans. There was always something to eat. There was always Christmas gifts under the Christmas tree. And, you know, my parents were just always good to us that way. And they were good to others. You know, I remember every Christmas going out with my parents and we'd, um, we didn't have a lot, but 
we had more than a lot of other people. And I remember they, they would come to my dad and my dad played soccer on the weekends and they would be like, Hey, would you be the godparent of my kids? And, mm -hmm. and so they were so like, people were so poor back then, right? You didn't have a cell phone. You would lose your phone, right? You wouldn't pay your phone and you, you'd get disconnected and there's no mm -hmm. way, or, you know, you couldn't pay your rent. You, you're out. And I remember my parents, they would like, you know, there were all these apartment buildings in a certain area of Pasadena. We would drive up and down the streets and my parents would just knock on doors and be like, hey, is this are, is this family there? Is this family there? And they would always have the Christmas gifts for others. And that's just, you know, that's cool. we just got to get back to what's that's real. Yeah. 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 100%. And, uh, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> what, what, um, to kind of wrap it up, like, as far as District uh, 41. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. So, yeah, it's a crazy district. It's it. You, I can drive for two hours and still mm -hmm. be in my district. It goes from um, from La Cañada to Pasadena, Altadena, Sierra Madre, and then it skips over a couple cities, and then it picks up again, and it uh, picks up um, like in the college towns, Upland, Laverne, uh, San Dimas. Ranch Cucamonga, and then it goes up the 15. And so it's like uh, Lytle Creek, Phelum, and Pinon Hills. So literally, we're talking about in driving probably uh, 60, 70 miles from where I'm at to the end of my district. It's, it's crazy. It's like it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. huge. <laughs> it's the largest district in all the state in all the oh, state yeah it's it's wow. huge yeah but uh it, it was chris holden's seat and he's termed out he was the appropriations chair so um mm -hmm. now that he's gone he wants to make sure he puts a successor in and he has he he picked and groomed the woman that he wants to represent this district and you know she's endorsed by planned parenthood she is a union um you know what do they call them captains and all that and she, you know so she just cut her teeth with all the same stuff she's going to be you know the same thing 2.0 of the same stuff they've opened five abortion clinics in the san gabriel valley area since he's been in office so it's terrible it's just terrible yeah. and wow. um yeah, so I, I really do believe that we can make a difference. Like I said, if, if you just look at it from a sensible perspective, right, like what's going on, Democrats have had every opportunity to make this straight great, right? The golden state, that, that's mm -hmm. what California was always known for. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what they've done in the last 30 years to our state, to our individual communities, right? Where we literally, I mean, you drive up the, the main boulevards and, and they're falling apart. The businesses are gone. The buildings are empty and uh, they, they're tearing down the residence, residential areas and putting up more apartments and more condos and people are sleeping on the street. And, you know, they're just the other day, we had a woman here, my husband and I, we would like uh, take her stuff for Christmas and stuff. She passed away on the bus stop after 20 years of living there and nobody could get her to move. Mm -hmm. And to me, the idea of love is not, Oh, you know, 
there's my neighbor on the street. Love is knowing how to love somebody when they don't know how to love themselves, right? That That's mm-hmm. getting them up off the street, putting them in a program, cleaning them up so that they can have a dignified life. And so um, I hope to do that in District 41. It's, like I said, a big district, very diversified, everything from, you know, Armenian, Asian, Latino, Caucasian. Um, it's a deep blue, right? It's 44, 45% registered Democrats, 22% registered Republicans, and uh, about 25% no party preference. So mm. I'm really counting on those 25%, the no party preference. If you want to know how you can help, um, go to my, my profile, follow me, share my links so people will get to know me. I already had my Facebook page deleted twice. <laughs> last week it was just like gone and I was like what do, how, I didn't do nothing like I'm not mm. controversial at all and I'm yeah. like why are you deleting me and you're so, on the wrong team that's why yeah exactly well you know what I had to do to get back they literally like I had to get on the Facebook app and there was like a like a like a police thing right where they're like turn to the left turn to the right you had to take a much <laughs> they had to take my whole pro I'm like Okay, so what are you going to do with this AI information? (laughs) I mean, they treat us like criminals. It's crazy. But yeah, so I I would really appreciate it. We always challenge people, you know, share an email, share a post, share a profile so people Mm -hmm. get to know us, like, share, and and, um, yeah. And if you have the chance, contribute. (laughs) Yeah. Because we can't do it alone. You know, even if it's just you know, 10 bucks, it seems like, uh, it's, it's not going to go anywhere, but 10 bucks is, is a lot, you know, it's, it's an, another yard sign. It's, you know, a hundred more, you know, business cards or whatever, you know, it's like whatever somebody can help with. Yeah. Or just tell your neighbor, you know, say, Hey, you, you, you should have your ballot by now. Are you voting? Get out to vote. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll take you, I'll drive you, whatever it takes. That's what we're preaching. Um, local elections. Yeah, amen. Yeah. That's what and, it's all about. And showing up, right? Yeah. Even amen. if you feel even if you feel like you might be outnumbered, doesn't matter. Show up because yeah. if you don't, well, then, yeah, we're really gonna be outnumbered, first, but you gotta go. We're not outnumbered. Yeah. That's the well, we're not, we're number not number one. Yeah. If we so don't we, show yeah. up, if we don't show up, yeah, right? Yeah, is that's when we lose. Yeah. So yeah. Well, up. you know, we we put our vote our our voter guide together, so it, we put on there, you know, um, vote, have your vote count or be out counted, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. everybody. And the best thing is, everybody, please show up March 5th in person and vote. We've got to get people to vote in person again. It's the safest way to vote. I'm not going to get into, you know, all the, the, you know, debates about what, you know, our, whether our elections well, let's are. Just say yeah. Yeah. But the best thing, yeah, the best thing you can do is go vote in person on March 5th. Hold on to your ballots. Don't give them away. Don't turn them in. Always have your ballot with you because that way you know that you voted in person and you have your ballot in your hand and nobody's been able to take it. So if there's any, um, you know, shenanigans with your voting, then you can file an affidavit. You can go to election integrity project california um and sign an affidavit so there's a lot of people if anybody wants more information i'm the kind of person that i 
always had huge, you know, teams. So I, I put my personal email, my personal phone number on there. If you want to call me, talk to me, I'm more than happy to talk to anybody. Um, cause I believe in an open door policy and, you know, God trained me up that way. I used to think like, why God, you know, I used to have like 500 employees and I used to have to like do all, you know, all these phone calls in the middle of the night or, I was like, why God? But now I know he's just training me up. He's getting me ready. (laughs) Well, and lastly, I just want to say thank you for what you guys are doing. I really appreciate that you guys are out there um, using your voices, waking up the next generation. We need men like you to, to stand strong um, because, you know, we hear it all the time, ah, toxic male energy. We need more of the male <laughs> energy. We need men to stand up. Um, you know, I, I love my mama bears, but there's nothing like men standing up for, for what they believe in and for their families and for their community. So thank you guys. Thank you both. No, we appreciate yeah. that because even yeah. in um, Hollywood, you know, all the TV shows, movies, the guys are always the dummies and yeah. they're trying to bring us down. You know, and and it's one of those things where we do have to stand up, and we have to recognize that you know we ha- we have to make decisions, you know, and we can't be afraid of making those decisions. We've got to stand up and and take accountability, be responsible. Yeah. So I appreciate that uh, a lot, and it takes a lot to admit that we have been fooled, we have been manipulated. Mm-hmm. But hey, I was, you know, yeah. I was led to believe that I should have. I should be on one side of uh, a party when in reality I should be listening to, you know, where I stand morally Mm -hmm. um, in my beliefs and make a decision based off of that. And, you know, you basically just talked about that and that's what we have to do. We, we can't be afraid. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, thank you for, for coming on, Michelle. Uh, we, thank we appreciate you. it. Everybody, you know, it's tuned in. Make sure if you're in District uh, 41, yep. vote for Michelle. You know, thank you. Show up. Get it done. We we have a state to save and then a country to save. So, you know, we Amen. can't give up. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, guys. God uh, bless thank, you, guys. Thank you for coming. All right, have Good a night. great night. Good night. All right. All right, then, man. Well, that was that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Right. Yeah, a lot of stuff that we've talked about from the very beginning. So that was across the board. um, Great message. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a good one, and I think that's that's it for for tonight. (laughs) That's it. Almost two hours. Yeah. All right. Well, peace be with you. Show up. Peace be with you. Don't sit out. Later.